How's your week been? Awesome. <laughs> well, good. Well, good. Well, I'm so glad to have you here this morning. We're continuing in this series, Prayer, Purpose, and Passion. And last week, I talked about the general purpose for our life collectively. And this morning, I'm going to teach on the general purpose for our life singularly. Last week, I began with this question, what is God's purpose for our life? And we, we've been talking about some of those things. But this morning, the question is, what is God's purpose for your life? And we're going to be going to John, the Gospel of John, John 10.10. 10. So my first point this morning is, God desires to give you a rich and satisfying life. That's God's plan for us. And let me stop here, unless you think that this is a prosperity message. Oh, here's another one of those prosperity messages. It's not. Although materialism is, and material things are the thing that the Lord is going to bless us with as well. But there's much more to bless life than just money and material items. Peace, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. The fruit of the Spirit. When I talk about abundant life, I'm not just talking about money. Let's look at John 10.10. 10. The thief's purpose is to steal and kill and destroy. And we know that the enemy takes no prisoners. He's come to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus said, and this is Jesus talking, he said, my purpose is to give them, you, me, us, a rich and satisfying life. In a nutshell, a good summary of God's desire for each and every one of us is to have a rich and satisfying life. And that may be different for each of us, what that looks like. What's a rich and satisfying life? God wants to bless us. It begins when we move into a relationship with him and he begins to bring health and healing and wholeness to our lives and begins to pour into us. Jesus said, I've come that you may have a rich and satisfying life. Let's go to John chapter 3, verses 16 and 17. These will be some familiar passages of scripture for some of you, but we're going to read on past that. John three sixteen. For God loved the world so much that he gave his one and only son so that everyone, say everyone. Everyone. Who believes, say who believes. Who believes. In him, in him will have eternal life. Wow, I like, I like having the students in here. These guys are fired up. That's good. If we look at verse 17, it's, it's a less known scripture, but it's very important. In John three seventeen, God sent his son into the world not to judge the world, but to save the world through him. Through him who? Jesus. That's God's plan and desire that we would be saved. You know, a lot of people have this concept of God sitting on a throne and casting down lightning bolts at people trying to strike them down, just waiting for them to mess up. But that's not God's heart. God's heart is that we would be saved, that we would come into a relationship with him, that we would walk in the abundance that Christ came to give. That's really his heart. God sent his son into the world not to judge the world, but to save the world through him. So in addition to eternal life, we're saved. We're not judged. We are saved when we come to him and when we give our life to Christ. We will walk in the abundant life in heaven for all of eternity, okay? So a lot of people think, well, you know, I, I can't wait till I get to heaven, then everything is going to be fine, and, and that's probably true. I'm, I'm sure that's true. But listen, we can walk in the abundant life now. We don't have to wait. Jesus said, I came that you may have life in abundance, a rich and satisfying life. God sent his son into, into the world not to judge the world, but to save the world through him. It's God's desire that all be saved, all of us. The people that we think don't deserve to be saved, the people that are making bad choices, 
Have you ever been there? Come on. God desires that all be saved. All right. My, my first point this morning is God desires to give you, say me. Okay, this is who he's talking about here. God desires to give you a rich and satisfying life. My second point is don't allow guilt or shame to keep you from God's desires for you. It breaks my heart when I see people bound up in guilt and shame and, and they're so walled off from God that they can't receive, that they think they're not worthy. Let's go to Acts chapter 2. I'm going to look at uh, verse 14 through 21, and I'm not going to read through all these. You can read through them later, but Dr. Luke is writing, and this is after the Holy Spirit has been poured out on the apostles on the day of uh, Pentecost, and it says that the Holy Spirit was poured out on the apostles, but also all believers that were there. It wasn't just the apostles, and we think that, you know, we, we have this in our mind that, oh, the apostles were filled with the Holy Spirit, but it, it was for them, but also all the believers and Peter begins to preach, quoting the prophet Joel regarding these last days. And again, this is all found in Acts 2, 14 through 21. And what he quotes from Joel is, as Joel has said previously, hundreds of years before, he says, I will pour out my spirit upon all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Young men will see visions and old men will dream dreams. Hey, guys, are you still seeing visions? Or are you dreaming dreams? Okay. Uh, so he says, your sons and daughters will prophesy. Young men will see visions, and old men will dream dreams. There will be signs and wonders in the heavens and on the earth. The sun will turn dark, and the moon will turn blood red. Have, have, have we seen any uh, blood moons lately? I mean, there were two in 2014, and there are two more in 2015. And, uh, and I'm not going to spend a lot of time here, but each of these are on uh, significant Jewish feast days, holidays. And so, it's, uh, you know, a lot of Bible scholars are looking at this and probably reading a lot into it that may or may not be there. But anyway, there's a thought that it's very significant. And the fact is that Joel prophesied this. He said that the sun would turn dark and the moon would turn blood red. So we're seeing some of these things. Verse 21, Acts 2.21 is what I really want to get to. But everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. There is nobody too far from God. Now let's go back to John chapter 3. And I'm going to read through this whole section now. John 3, 16 through 21. For God loved the world so much that he gave his one and only son so that everyone who believes in him will have eternal life. Verse 17. God sent his son into the world not to judge the world but to save the world through him. Verse 18, there is no judgment against anyone who believes in him. But anyone who does not believe in him has already been judged for not believing in God's one and only son. And, you know, here's the thing. A lot of people get hung up on things like, well, God, God is judging me because I, I went out and I got drunk. Or God's judging me because I've, I've been cussing. Or God's judging me or judge me because I, I lived in a moral life. And, you know, people go to hell. People are judged and go to hell not because of the things that they've done, but because they reject Christ. Now, let me say this. When we have Christ come into our life, there should be a change in our heart. Some of those things that we used to do, we shouldn't be doing any longer. Why? Because not because we're changing the exterior circumstances and things that we do to change our heart, but because our heart has changed. When we're changed from the inside out, then our actions begin to reflect that change because God has infused our heart. 
God is bringing health and healing and wholeness to those wounds in our lives. And God is reaching in and extracting that stuff out of our life that needs to be removed. And I see people struggling with rejection and, and all kinds of issues. Listen, we all have issues. Can we just be real here today? We all have issues. And, and if you don't think you do, just ask your spouse or some of your family members. They'll be happy to, to help you with that. But listen, God wants to bring health and healing into our lives. And a lot of times, the things that we do, the way that we respond, is because of our emotional woundedness. Have you ever, you know, just had somebody go off on you for seemingly no reason at all? It's like, really? You're going to get that upset? Husbands and wives, look at me. Don't look at one another, okay? But have you ever had somebody just go off on you? And you're like, wow, really? Was that worthy of all that? And what we find is that we, God wants to bring health and healing to our lives. It's for our good and for the people around us. They would probably appreciate that too. But people go to hell not because of their performance, but because they reject Christ. And a lot of people get hung up on performance, and we talk a lot about it at Life Fellowship. Ephesians 2, 8, we're saved by grace through faith when we believe not of our works. Salvation is not a reward for the good things that we have done, but salvation comes simply through the grace and completed work of Christ on the cross. I think probably all of us struggle with this performance thing because we live in such a performance-based society. But it's not based on performance. Our salvation is based on God's grace and us receiving, us believing and receiving that. It's, it's that simple. And it, I think sometimes it's too simple for some people to receive. So let me read verse 18 again. There is no judgment against anyone who believes in him, but anyone who does not believe in him has already been judged for not believing in God's one and only Son. So, what is the basis for people rejecting Christ? I mean, why would people reject Christ? Why would anyone reject the Savior? Well, let's go to verse 19 and 20, and this will give us some insight into why. Verse 19, and the judgment is based on this fact. God's light came into the world but people love the darkness more than the light, for their actions were evil. Verse 20, all who do evil hate the light and refuse to go near it for, for fear their sins will be exposed. Think about the things that take place at night. You know, people break into people's houses. When do they do that at night? Where they're kind of hidden under the cloak of darkness. Verse 21, but those who do what is right come to the light so others can see that they are doing what God wants. And so as we begin to move into the light of God, as we begin to submit our life to God, not only do, does it change our life, but others begin to take note. Hey, wow. Yeah, I remember so-and-so. He used to drink all the time, and he used to run around on his wife and do all these things. And there's a change in his life. What is it? Because God has done something in his heart. But those who do what is right come into the light so... Others can see that they are doing what God wants. And a lot of times we think, we get this backwards, and we think, well, if I get my life right, well, then, you know, my heart will change. Well, our heart changes, and then our actions follow. And then it's, it's not only for us, but others see. Others take note. Matthew 28, 18 through 20, Jesus said, All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teach these new disciples to obey all that I've taught you. Know that I'll be with you to the end of the age. And so as we're trained up and equipped, and that's what we're all about here at Life Fellowship, is making disciples so that we can get trained up and equipped, so that we can get healed and healthy, 
so that we can go out and make other disciples, so that we can be an influence. People look at our lives and say, man, there's something in your life that I want. There's something in your life that I need. It can provide a great opportunity to share the love of Christ, to lead them to the Lord. Romans 3.23 says, For everyone has sinned, we all fall short of God's glorious standard. For everyone has sinned. Turn to your neighbor and say, you're a sinner. Now tell them, you're in good company because so am I. Listen, we've all sinned and fallen short of God's glorious standard. But it's God's heart to restore us into correct relationship with him. So my first point is God desires to give you a rich and satisfying life. Is anybody here ready to receive that and walk in the fullness of that? All right. The second point is don't allow guilt or shame to keep you from God's desires for you. You know, I was talking with my pastor one day, and, and he said he got some good advice out on the job. He was getting a lot of flack where he worked. And what was happening in the, uh, in the company is he was training up people, and they were being promoted over him time and time and time again and he was getting really frustrated and he was talking to a guy on the job one time and he said don't let anybody ever cause you to quit your job and you know I've thought about that from time to time when I've been frustrated in my job I'm like wait a minute I'm not going to allow somebody's backbiting or backstabbing to cause me to quit my job don't allow guilt or shame or don't allow anything anything to keep you from the things that God wants to do in your life. It's not worth it. And certainly, the things that the enemy would want to plant in your life, guilt and shame, rejection, whatever those things may look like, don't allow those things to keep you from God's great plan for your life. My third point is receive God's love and forgiveness. John 3.20, All who do evil hate the light and refuse to go near it for fear their sins will be exposed. I don't know very many people that want to share their their failures, do you? We all have them. You know, can you imagine talking to somebody that's new on the job and, and they come up and they say, well, I was fired from my last job because I'm lazy and, you know, I call in sick a lot. I, I really don't like to work. <laughs> or, uh, you know, I've had five failed marriages and I've lived a very immoral life. Wow, really? Thank you for sharing that with me. Or I used to have a very serious drug and alcohol problem. But, but it's better now. I only drink a pint of whiskey or a six-pack of beer every day. You know, it's better. I mean, most of us don't like to talk about our failures. I, I know I'm making light of some of these things, but some of us have done some of these things. Some of us have serious failures in our life. But the great news is that Christ came to restore us. I love a song that we sing. It's called Fire Fall Down. Maybe we'll sing that on First Friday. And one of the lyrics in there says, He came to fix my broken life. People are not comfortable in sharing their failures. Why? Because we feel like we will be judged. And you know what? Honestly, in many circumstances, you're right. You probably will be judged. Unfortunately, in a lot of churches, you'll be judged. I hope that's not the case here. We talk about our culture of love and warmth and friendliness and bringing people into the body of Christ. Not that we can judge them, but that we can lead them into a relationship with the Lord. It's not our place to judge them. The Bible says that we can look at the fruit. We can be fruit inspectors. You know, and if, if someone is not displaying good spiritual fruit, then maybe there's a problem there in their life, and, and we can help them. But listen, God has set the boundaries, and he says, stay within these boundaries, and it's good. If you, When you step out of these boundaries, that's when you get into trouble. 
I hope, I believe that Life Fellowship is a safe place where we can come and share. When we have our men's meetings or uh, women's group meetings, one of the things that's talked about is, hey, this is a safe place where we can be real and honest. Do you ever just need to be real and honest? You know that there are people out there that, that need, need help? And are they willing to come to a place where they're going to be judged and, and slammed? And we've had people here with all kinds of issues. And it's our role to love them and teach them what the Word of God says. And allow God to work in our lives. I'm saying our lives because we all need it. We all have challenges. We all have things that we struggle with. Life Fellowship is a safe place where we can come and experience the love of God in His presence. And it's demonstrated through the people that come to church here. I love the culture. I love this church. I love you guys. You're awesome. And I know that, I know that none of us are perfect. No perfect people allowed here. <laughs> all right. Want to get out of jail free card? Want to escape judgment for all your shortcomings? There's one way. Receive the complete forgiveness that only God can give. Because I know many of us have struggled. And that's, that's the thing that I hate about religion. Religion is all about jumping through these hoops and performing and doing all these things where relationship is just simply that, where we come into a relationship with Christ. And there are a lot of people that get trapped and hung up in religion, missing the relationship part. And that's what Christ came to give. And he's a lot more gracious and giving than most of us are. I'll tell you that. We will tend to judge one another, even if we think we're not. <laughs> but God is gracious and loving and giving. It's his desire to draw us into a relationship that we would walk in the fullness of life that Christ came to give. I want to look at John 10.10 again. I want to look at the scripture. And I want to look at the contrast between the purpose that Satan has for you and God's purpose for you. And this is Jesus speaking. He says, a thief's purpose is to steal and kill and destroy. But my purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. I have a little demonstration this morning. This is kind of like us. And we're going through life. And the thief has come to steal, kill, and destroy. And the reality is he's doing that very effectively. There are a lot of people that are being killed. Their lives are being destroyed. That the enemy is stealing from them in every way. And, and this would be what the enemy wants to do, do to you. He wants to destroy your life. He wants to rip you apart. I can't rip his arm off. He wants to destroy your life. And you know what? There are people all around us. There may be people sitting here today and you feel like, this is me, man. I have this stuffing ripped out of me. I have my heart ripped out of me. I'm not worthy to be loved by God. But God wants you to know that he is fully able to restore you. It doesn't matter what you've done. It, it doesn't matter where you've been. It doesn't matter how you've been ripped up. And, and maybe you've made some bad choices. Who hasn't? But God's desire is to take us and restore us back to health and wholeness. To put us back together. To mend and heal the broken places of our lives. And there are people that have gone through terrible things and they think there's no way 
that anyone could love me. There's no way that God could love me. But that's not the case. God wants to restore you. God wants to restore the broken places in your life. You need to understand that today. There's nothing that you can do to earn your salvation. We simply receive it. You can't be bad enough to be disqualified. That's good news. I'd like for you to bow your heads and close your eyes. This morning, if that's you, if God is speaking to your heart this morning, would you simply respond by raising your hand? I want to pray with you. Anybody here this morning? Listen, there's no shame in that. All of us have come to a place of receiving Christ and recognizing our need for a Savior. If God is tugging on your heart, don't leave this morning without responding to him. This could be the day that he changes your life. When we give our life to him, he restores us back to health. He brings health and healing and wholeness to us. Lord God, I thank you for your great love for us. I pray that you would continue to restore the broken places in our life, God. I thank you that, that our salvation is not based on our performance, but it's based upon your grace. And Lord, I know that all of us have areas in our lives and uh, I, Father, I thank you that Jesus came, that we may have abundant life, and that you came to, to fix our broken lives and bring health and healing to us. So, Father, we receive that. We receive that now. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Father, we just pray that you will continue to download into us, reach into the deepest recesses of our hearts. Show us what we need. Show us how to navigate through the challenges before us. And we thank you that we can call upon you, who has been given all authority in heaven and on earth, to lead us and guide us. Jesus, you said you lead, that the Holy Spirit may come and lead us and guide us in all truth. So we're asking for your help in every area of our life and that we would yield to you everything. This morning in closing, I want us to uh, continue to, to pray during these 40 days. and I'd like for you to take some time to fast as well. And uh, you guys, uh, there's some lists up here um, of the things that we're praying for. Take a couple of those with you if you like. And in closing, look for the opportunities to share the love of Christ with those that, that are wounded think that they're not worthy because they're because of their wounds and their hurts and if you have some of those areas in your life that you're dealing with take them to the lord listen he's not going to judge you the way most people will god wants to receive you and he wants to fill you and he wants you to walk in the abundance of life that christ came to give and so allow god to do that in your life and then look for those that god places in your path that are hurting and wounded and share the hope of Christ with them and let them know that God loves them. And you may even be living proof to them because they may have seen the things that God has done in your life and how he's brought health and healing. But if nothing else, you can share your story of hope 
So as you go from this place today, sure and greet one another on the way out. Thank you for joining us, and, and I hope to see you on Wednesday night at, at, for Bible study at 7. God bless you. You're dismissed. God, and make a difference. You are world changers. Live it. Yeah.